Hey, welcome back to Giovanni Andreoli's Movies and More, where I talk about movies and more. Um, I'm your host, Giovanni Andreoli, obviously, and um, I got a few things to talk about today. Some interesting, I think. We'll see. Uh, so it is currently July 2nd, and uh, it's like 9.18 in the morning, and I'm recording this. So I'm going to be seeing Spider-Man Far From Home at... Um, 350. And you definitely don't know this. I was going to say, some of you probably don't know. You probably don't know. Uh, That's true. But uh, Spider-Man is the most important superhero to me. It certainly used to be Batman. And then I think uh, as I grew up and became a teenager and whatever, Spider-Man really became more and more relatable to me. And uh, I really identified with him. And he just slowly, you know, it became undeniable. He is definitely my favorite so, this movie is the sequel to Spider-Man Homecoming, which, when it came out, I was... Shit, what grade was I in? Two years ago, I'm in 10th grade now, but it wasn't 8th grade, it had to have been 7th grade. I think it was... I think it was the... The summer after 7th grade, I think. So, 7th grade, dead center in the middle... In, in middle school, and that film... It's not middle school, but it's high school, and those are pretty those are pretty close. Um, not being in high school, I know they're not as close as I thought they were, but I definitely identified with almost everything in that movie, and I know for sure I tried to do certain things to make my life more like that movie. I joined um, an academic nerd thing where we went to a hotel um, to compete overnight, or you know, or like like they do in that movie. Um, I just definitely tried to to replicate it in some ways because I really I loved it so much and I definitely gave in to being a nerd a lot more than than I do now. Uh, I say once again I'm sitting here recording a podcast, but uh, don't worry about it. it happens, you know what I'm saying. Uh, but but yeah, it was, it was really great. It was really important uh, to me around that time, and so the sequel was obviously like a, gonna be a big deal. And it's kind of funny how much my priorities have shifted because I remember, so I was also super hyped for Batman versus Superman uh, because like Batman, Superman, like biggest superheroes of all time in the world, they're going to be together in one movie and they're going to be fighting. It's the most amazing thing ever. And I remember even the first time I saw it being just so confused, like just so utterly and hopelessly confused. And then I got home and I think I'd convinced myself that I loved it. And then pretty soon, like maybe a month later, I was like, actually, no, this is horrible. And I never want to watch this again. And yeah, I haven't. But, uh, but so I used to be, I used to be super hyped for movies all the time, though. It, it was just a, it was just a thing. Like I wouldn't be able to sleep the night before, but I'd love to, you know, I'd like to, I'd get all the merch. I'd get like all the comics the tie-ins, I'd watch every trailer, every clip, anything I'd get my hands on, the movie magazines, whatever. And I still have some of that stuff. Uh, nothing from Batman vs. Superman, though, because that movie's... It's so trash. Can I can I dive real quick? Fucking God, I hate that movie so much. I hate almost every DC movie. I don't like Man of Steel. I don't like BBS. I Oh my god, I hate Suicide Squad. To me, that movie is abysmal and unforgivable. Um, Justice League is just awkward and weird. 
I know this is a controversial opinion, but I don't particularly care for Wonder Woman either. I think a lot of it's really good, but I think a lot of it is also not very good. Um, I hate Aquaman too. I don't like it. I think, wow, what a DC fanboy. Honestly, besides all of those movies that I just listed off, I think I like every other DC movie ever made. Except for like, I don't know, Steel and Batman Forever and Batman and Robin. Or Catwoman. Okay, so not everyone. Save your emails, nerds. But, I mean, most of them I like. But, whew, oh boy. Not, hasn't been a great time recently. I do love Shazam, though. Shazam is really good. Shazam also kind of hits that same niche that um, Spider-Man Homecoming did. But anyway, so, yeah, super hyped for movies. And uh, I was trying to say how drastically perceptions changed. So, yes, I was getting super hyped, and DC was like, we're going to release all these movies. It's going to be Aquaman in 2018, Flash, and uh, Cyborg, and Justice League 2, and Wonder Woman 2, and Batman, and another Superman movie, and you're going to love it, and eat it up, and shove it down your fucking throat. Um, sorry, that got really intense. But, um... But I know I was like, yes, I will willingly shove that down my throat. Thank you, DC. And my mom was like, maybe chill out. Like, you don't even know if you're going to be that into superheroes in 2018 when Aquaman comes out. That was her specific example, uh, which is weird because that wasn't even the farthest one they announced. And it's really funny that that and Wonder Woman are the only ones that happened. Oh, and Justice League. But, like, that that started shooting, like, the week Batman vs. Superman got released. So it was, like, it wasn't really going to be stopped, unfortunately. Anyway, um, and I was like, Mom, are you tripping balls? Of course I'm going to be into superheroes. I'm never not going to be. And it's kind of funny that it's 2019 now. But I know in 2018, I didn't see Aquaman in theaters. I had absolutely no interest. And I remember when we actually did watch it, because my parents were somewhat interested. I think about halfway through, I went upstairs, and I got my computer, and then I started working on comic panel layouts, because um, I make my own comics, too. Look, maybe I should stop pretending I'm not a nerd. I'm definitely a nerd. I am currently recording this. I don't know if I mentioned this in the first episode or not, but my recording setup is very unprofessional. I record this on a phone, and I put the phone on a stack of comics, and then I just get it as close to my face as I can. And that's what I do. Um, But right now it is stacked on every volume of Saga, uh, which is my favorite comic, by the way. If you haven't read Saga, and if you're into sci-fi stories and sex, um, mm -mm, definitely pick up Saga. Uh, And Paper Girls and Runaways, and every book Brian K. Vaughan has ever written. He's a goddamn genius. Um, but yes, so that, this is like the number one thing I'm into. Uh, Saga, Paper Girls, um, Copperhead. There's an image series called Copperhead. Um, I love I love The Fuse. I love Deadly Class. Um, Huck is really good. I know that's like one book so far. Uh, Skyward. I mean, oh, man, Middle West? Damn, that book is fire. Anyway, all these books, this is what I'm into now. I really, uh, I don't really like superhero books anymore, honestly. The only one that I've been consistently picking up is Spider-Man Life Story, because I think Chip Zdarsky is another really brilliant writer. I don't think he can do much wrong, especially when it comes to Spider-Man. I mean, there's some stuff that, like... The way he portrays Spider-Man as, like, an old man in life story, like, oh my god. It's got the same Spider-Verse quality where it's, like, he's not an idiot. And I love how you can see him think through things. 
and, like, he doesn't fall into the traps that maybe he would have when he was younger. I mean, I don't know. I think Zarsi just has a hold on that character that's, like, unreal. It's so cool. But, but yeah, that's really the only one I breed now. I've mostly been sticking to the more esoteric um, image stuff. God, I love Saga. Seriously, I love it so much. It's such a good... It's... Oh, my God. It's so good. Uh, it's, like, genuinely my favorite book. Not just comic. Book. Like, for real. Um, what was I saying? I don't remember. That was a lot of more. A lot, a lot of movies. Um, but, but, but yes, yes, I remember now. So, yeah, I didn't see Aquaman in theaters. Um, I didn't really want to go to see Shazam. I only went because one of my friends wanted to go. I didn't see stuff like Venom or, um, I don't know. I can't really think of any specific examples as of late, but I know I, I just, I don't know. It's so weirdly, feels like chore now to go see like superhero movies and stuff i don't really want to go see the next star wars even though i do think some of it looks cool i just don't really have as much of an interest i i'm much more interested in in other things now but um but i know there was the the one that was constantly having my attention and i did follow not as closely as i followed homecoming but i followed it a lot closer than other superhero movies recently was definitely far from home because I was still really excited. Spider-Man, he's still my favorite character. Like I said, the only superhero book superhero book I get now is a Spider-Man book. Uh, and I think there's a reason for that. Uh, so I was, man, I was super excited. And I still am. But it's really funny how much uh, I've changed since then in just, a, in just two years. Like, I did not even remember if this movie was today until literally four days ago. I was, like, washing my hair. And I was like holy fuck, it's Sunday, or I guess maybe not four days ago, so, like, two days ago, and then I was like, what? I guess Spider-Man's, like, right around the corner, huh? And now, of course, I'm like, I can't wait, I'm gonna watch Homecoming, uh, right after I stop recording this, you know, I'm, I'm really excited, and I've been sending my friend all the Instagram things where it's, like, counting down the days and, and stuff, but, but yeah, it's super cool. And the same thing happened with Endgame, too. And Endgame, I loved. It was amazing. It was such a celebration of, like, Marvel and stuff. And God, I loved it so much. But even that, um, if you had asked me, like, you can only see one movie this year, what is it going to be? Um, I would definitely have said Far From Home. It wouldn't have been Endgame, which I know is a pretty weird opinion. But I'm, that would have been what I would have said. Uh, and, and, like, even Captain Marvel, I didn't really care. That, I, that I know. I didn't see it opening weekend, and I always see these, like, opening weekend, or, like, the day they come out, or even the day before, if you can, like, the Thursday at 7 o'clock or 12 o'clock. I normally do those, but not for Captain Marvel. Um, I think I waited, like, even a week. It might have been, like, a week and a half. Like, it was not a top priority. Neither was Ant-Man and the Wasp. Um... But this definitely was. I felt like I had a point here. But I don't remember what it was. Um, it was a very different tone. This has been a lot more slow and contemplative and nostalgic than um, the first episode was. So so let's get into some uh, 
some more interesting stuff. Still staying on the topic of Spider-Man. Like I said, I'm going to watch Homecoming soon. Um, and I want to see how I feel about that movie now. Because I'm a big fan of uh, high-top films. I really like his opinions. I think he's a really smart guy. And um, I'm really, really interested in, in uh, listening to the opinions of, of writers or aspiring writers. I think a lot of times like the guys who haven't hit it big yet often have the best... Um, perception of movies and like what's going on in the industry I think that's really interesting and uh I love I love a lot of his videos and I tend to not disagree with him uh I don't think I watched his Spider-Man Homecoming is a bad Spider-Man movie until a couple months ago because I was like I just don't agree with that and then I watched it just on a whim and I was like actually he makes a really good point like that is very very true and holding that opinion in the back of my mind like that added layer to all this watching the trailers for spider-man far from home it really seems like that uh like that is true of this movie as well and so i'm hoping it's not um, but I but I haven't watched Homecoming since I watched that video, so I want to watch it again right before I go to see the sequel and just see you know what I think about it now, uh, if that if my love for it really changed or if it's like yeah he doesn't really face any consequences but you know it's I still think it's a really good movie, um, so we'll see how that all shakes out. I probably should have recorded this after that, but maybe I mean I am gonna definitely talk about Far From Home in the third episode of this, so I'll do, I'll cover Homecoming a little bit too, but, but yeah, I'm, I'm excited to see how I feel about it now, and I really hope that Homecoming kind of corrects that, or far from, god damn it, I confuse these titles so much, there's just, there's too much home, like, they need, Spider-Man European Vacation, you're not gonna convince, whatever, doesn't matter, um, the, the only other thing I'm concerned about going into Far From Home is, uh, the reliance on Tony Stark, I think that's another problem that I definitely agree with, like a criticism that I've read and, and seen online of Homecoming, is its over-reliance on Tony Stark, and like, uh, it really seems like that's gonna be in this movie as well, uh, and I really hope it's not. I know the one thing that made me super, super pissed, uh, I saw there's like a TV spot where Peter puts on, like, Tony's glasses, and then it's, like, another, like, fucking heads-up display, and it's got, like, hello, Peter, I'm your new system. Like, fuck you. He doesn't need that. Like, he does not need that. The whole lesson of the first movie was you don't need, like, all these fancy gadgets and stuff to be a hero or whatever. Like, that's a big part of that movie. So why the fuck are you giving him more shit that he doesn't need? He does not need that. There is no function that that serves. Like, I mean, yeah, sometimes he gets help from other superheroes or help from S.H.I.E.L.D., but, like, it almost seems like without Tony Stark stepping in, like, Peter never would have been, like, a big hero. Like a, and, and that's fine, but, like, I don't want everything Peter, like, can do to be handed to him by someone else. Like, that's just, that's just stupid. That's not who Spider-Man is, and I don't like that. So I'm 
I'm very hopeful that they stray away from that. I would really, really hope for that to be the case. Especially because it seems like a big driving force for this movie is like Peter feeling like he has to measure up or fill Tony's shoes. But, I mean, the MCU thus far has really treated the relationship between Peter and Tony like it's been a long-standing thing, right? Like, they've been treating it like this has been building for a long time. And, I mean, yeah, it sort of has, but not really. I mean, Peter was in Civil War, Infinity War, Endgame, and Homecoming, and now Far From Home. But, and and in all those movies, he shared a lot of screen time with Tony Stark. But, like, I mean, I think I feel, in, in Infinity War, you obviously feel... Peter's death the most out of anyone because he's a crying child like confronting his own mortality that's horrifying but in Endgame I don't think I really get wrecked by Tony's death until Pepper comes in that's powerful because that relationship really has built for a decade and like since the first Iron Man film their relationship has been developing and they're treating uh I don't know if you can hear my dog. He's under my feet right now. He's snoring pretty loud. Uh, I hope it doesn't come through. Hey, hush up. I'm trying to record a podcast about Spider-Man, bruh. (laughs) Anyway, so if they did a, like, a Pepper Potts movie, and it was like, I don't know how I'm going to measure up to Tony. I have this suit now, and I have to raise a child on my own, and I, I, like, what the hell am I going to do? He's gone. That would make sense. That, I feel like you would feel. But Peter being like, I don't know how I'm gonna measure up to Tony. Kid, no one's fucking asking you to. Like, there are other heroes now. Like, you go through that line of people, like, in at Tony's funeral, and, you know, they, they, they have that little conversation with Nick Fury in the trailer where he's like, Cthulhu, off-world, Captain America, or, I mean, Captain Marvel, unavailable, blah, blah, blah. But, like, bruh. Dude, sir, that was a long line. That was a really, really long line. Like, you're telling me none of those other characters, like, are in a position to lead the Marvel Universe into the next phase? You're telling me Doctor Strange isn't better suited to be the new Iron Man than Spider-Man is? Like, I just don't buy that. And not even in terms of, like, the relationship of, like, measuring up. I mean, like... I don't understand why Peter is now kind of the only hope. Because I feel like he's the farthest thing from that. Like, I don't think anyone in the Marvel Universe is really the only hope anymore. Like, I mean, I don't know. I don't I don't really buy that. Like, their relationship was obviously very well developed in a short amount of time. And there's something to be said for that. But it's not like it's been building for, for years. I mean, I don't know. I don't know. Nah, we'll see how it goes. I don't want to front load all my feelings about this movie with complaints based on, like, five minutes of footage. Um, I'll just go in. We'll see how I feel about it. I'll probably really like it. I don't even know why I'm... Maybe I'm just airing my grievances so I can go in 100% positive. Uh, You know what I will say, though? I think Homecoming did a lot more of spoiling every major story beat in the trailers. Uh, and Far From Home, 
it appears to me that that is not the case. It still seems like they're selling Mysterio as a hero, and, like, there's not even really a hint that he's a villain. Um, There's not a lot... I don't know. Like, they've, they've sold some of the big surprises... But I'm fairly confident that there's a lot more that they haven't shown us. Because it's kind of the same... It's kind of the same basic beats. There's not been a lot added. It's mostly, like, the fight in the in the restaurant. Mysterio meeting Peter. The London stuff. But you haven't really seen a lot more than that. So I think they're, they're holding off a lot better than Homecoming did. Uh, so I feel less spoiled. Except... Yesterday, while I was at work, I mean, while I was at home, obviously, I would never get on my phone at work, uh, I found uh, the post credit scenes. This is sort of accidental. Like, I was sort of just, like, looking up stuff about Spider-Man, and then I was like, I wonder what this article was. And then it was like, here's the post credit scene. So I watched the... I, well, I watched one of them. I only saw that Nick Fury and Maria Hill were skulls. I didn't watch all the way to, like, uh, Nick Fury is like in a ship or whatever. I don't know. Holy fuck! The mid credit scene for this movie. If the rest of the movie is as good as this mid credit scene, ah, wow! Holy shit! J.K. Simmons is back. Can you imagine? This is such a Spider-Man story. Okay, you have just been accused of murder, and now. Everyone in the world knows who you are and has a picture to go with the name. Holy fuck. That is insane. Because, like, Aunt May knows, Michelle knows, Ned knows, and Happy knows. I mean, at least that's what I know going into this movie. Maybe other people find out. I don't know. I shouldn't be talking about this, but I am. Dude, now everyone else knows literally everyone else that is crazy because then you you're presumably going to be like blown up with all these texts from all your like all your closest friends and then flash of like what the fucking hell what is going on your teachers know now everyone at your school definitely knows can you imagine going back to that to trying to go back to your life when everyone thinks you murdered Mysterio and then now they all know who you are. That's amazing. That is such good drama and I hope that that's not like, there's no easy way out of that because that sets up an amazing third film. Like better than anything I possibly could have theorized about. Jesus Christ. That was the best thing ever. ever. I watched it a couple times because, you know, like, my jaw's dropping in disbelief. Like, gotta keep watching it. Is this real? Are you fucking sure? But it is. And every time Mysterio says, um, what does he say? Peter Parker's, or, or, no, Spider-Man's real name is Peter Parker. I think that's what he says. And then it cuts to the credits. I'm like, I get chills. Like, holy shit. This is no doubt. Hands down. The best post credit scene in any Marvel movie. Not, even, I think, better than Stanley meeting the Watchers. Like, Jesus. Ah, it's so cool. The amount of awesome packed into, like, this minute and 30 seconds. Oh, my God. Because it's like, 
What? Oh my god, Spider-Man just got framed for murder. What? He got framed for murder by the Daily Bugle. What? There's J. Jonah Jameson, and it's J.K. Simmons. What? He just revealed Spider-Man's real name. What the- Credits. And then you're like, and then like you're just sitting there, your brain spilling out of your ears until the Columbia Pictures logo shows, and then it's like Sony B moved, cuts to black, cuts back in. Oh, Nick Fury and Maria Hill are probably gonna be a funny thing like all the other post-credit scenes. Nope, they're both scrolls. You thought you were watching Nick Fury and Maria Hill. You were watching scrolls. They've been scrolls the whole time. How long have they been scrolls? The real Nick Fury's somewhere. Where the fuck is the real Maria Hill? Is there a real Maria Hill? Holy goddamn shit balls. Mm-hmm. I am... Oh, crap. Ah, oh, I told myself not to do that. I can't breathe too heavily, because when I do... It, like, messes up the mic really bad. Sorry about that. I hope your volume wasn't up too loud. I just blew your ears out. But, oh my god. I'm so excited. I can't contain it. I am so excited. I can't wait. I God, I can't fucking wait i'm so excited how much time do we have now so 9 42 so like 18 minutes to 10 and then two hours to 12 it's two hours 18 minutes three hours so five hours 18 minutes and then it starts at 350 so like six hours and eight minutes maybe about oh my god and i can take out like about two hours and 15 of those watching Homecoming, and then I can read some more uh, comics, I can work on my own comic, which I have been recently, um, yeah, maybe I could finish all the volumes of Paper Girls that I have, um, I've been debating, uh, this is gonna be my Instagram response, what do you think for Paper Girls, I have every issue collected in trades uh and i really like that because i think the story functions better when you don't have the to be continued element and you can just keep going because i decided to go back and do this uh brian k vonathon because um you know i was waiting like a couple weeks to a couple months in between reading all these and so you kind of forget elements of the story and especially something like paper girls which is hella complicated um that's like kind of hard to do, so I'm trying to like go back and reread it and see how well it functions as a continuous story, and I think it does function a lot better. So what do you think? Um, just wait for all the trades to come in, like wait for volume six, or do you think go to the comic book store, kick down the doors, be like, I want you to add Paper Girls to my box, and also I'm taking everything since issue 27, and uh, and do it like that, and then get them every month. I don't know. I genuinely don't know. Because I feel like it works so much better when you don't have to wait a month. But at the same time, I really need a, like a new series. Because um, Life Story is going to end in two issues. And then I'm going to have nothing to read every month. Uh, I don't know. We'll see. I also thought about adding Middle West to my box. But yeah, what's your personal opinion? If you're a big comic nerd, what, do you, what would you recommend? Um... Hmm. Well, I talked a lot about movies. I didn't talk a lot about more. I'm going to talk a little bit more movies. I'm sorry. I'm just going to title this episode Spider-Man Hype. I think. Because I'm really hyped about Spider-Man. This is supposed to be like 10 minutes and it's been a half an hour. But I hope it's enjoyable. I hope maybe you listen to episode one and you think, Oh, the hyper stuff is interesting, but I'm not sure that that's what he's cut out for. And then you listen to episode two and you're like, 
of the contemplative stuff is good too. So maybe let me know what you're more comfortable with and then I'll try to do a better balance. Also, I don't know who I'm talking to when I say let me know because I want people to let me know, but that's only if I grow a following naturally. Uh, Other than that, I think I'm going to wait to promote the show on Instagram until I get an episode that I actually think is good because I listened to the last episode and not only did I do a lot of heavy breathing and the audio wasn't that great, also I was annoying as hell and I genuinely hated that episode and I don't think anyone would find enjoyment in it. Uh, which is kind of funny because I don't think anyone would find any enjoyment in this either unless you're a really big Spider-Man fan who's randomly interested in the opinions of a 14-year-old. Um, but, hey, uh, I'm going to rank the Spider-Man movies, if that's okay with you. Um, I mean, if it's not, just turn this off. Go listen to, like, Hey, Do You Remember or something. Best podcast on the internet. Anyway, um, okay, so number... I don't know how many there are. The the so we're gonna go from worst to best. So definitely the worst is Spider Man Amazing Spider Man two. Um I know I used to like that movie because I love the suit. I thought it was cool. Um but also it came out in twenty fourteen and uh, in twenty fourteen I was in so like fourth grade so it really didn't have a big critical capacity for movies and I wow was I way 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 off the mark I think that's also because I liked um the second worst Amazing Spider-Man that movie I really thought I liked and then I tried to rewatch it recently and I was like whoo never mind hot jambalaya is that a big steaming pile of shit um the movie is just a mess, and I really don't like it. I think they were going for something that might have been pretty cool, but it's just plagued, as always, by too much studio interference, which I think was the problem. It wasn't the only problem. It was a pretty big problem with the second one, and it was also a big problem with Spider-Man 3, which is the third worst. Um, I don't know, man. I just, I can't, I can't do it with, um, with Sony. Fucking... Oh, and like, I didn't even see Venom. I don't know if that really counts, but I'm going to automatically put that at the bottom of the list just for the fact that no one wanted it. I mean, maybe someone did, but I don't think anyone wanted it like that. I mean, guess I guess they did because it made like a billion dollars, which, how? But, oh my God, I, I do not like Sony. Unless it's PlayStation related, I think they should just drop everything and just, keep making playstations sell um sell spider-man back to marvel because clearly that's the only they're the only or even just sell them to talented people i think that's the real problem when you leave it in the hands of av Aaron, fucking god i hate that guy um i think i would genuinely do his job better but uh but yeah like just put it in the hands of creative and talented people that don't just want to turn this into some sort of franchise that have an interest in actually telling a good story and honoring character that means the world to millions of people like i don't know just a thought uh but yeah spider-man 3 it's bad but it's not that bad spider-man uh i really love this movie actually uh oh actually real quick amazing spider-man does have a really good score uh amazing spider-man 2 is a horrible score but Amazing Spider-Man, the the music in that movie, it's actually really good. I'd recommend you going and listening to it. 
Um, but yeah, Spider-Man, I think this is a really good movie, and I have a lot of nostalgia for it, a lot of attachment to it from when I was younger, but I do think, I don't know, it's kind of cheesy, and I don't know if it's super well-paced, especially once it gets to more of the Green Goblin stuff, but I think it's, I think it's still really good. Uh, three, now this ranking has definitely changed, uh, with re- more recent rewatches of the Spider-Man movies, and of course, uh, with the release of Spider-Verse, but, um, the third best is Spider-Man Homecoming. I, man, I really love this movie, but, um, but I just don't think it's as good as some of its contemporaries. Uh, in case in point, I don't think it's as good as Spider-Man 2. There was a time where I would have said... I would not have said that. But uh, I think that Spider-Man 2... I don't know. I think it just does it a little better. I think it doesn't have the... Well, it didn't have the opportunity to because it was purely a Sony movie. But um, it doesn't have the same over-reliance on the MCU or Tony Stark... It's just a solo Spider-Man story, and I think it's really well told and well directed. Sam Raimi's like horror roots really shine in that movie, and uh, I think I've never been that big into Doctor Octopus. At least in this movie, I love him. He's my favorite Spider-Man villain, but uh, I don't. I don't totally dig everything they did with him in Spider-Man Two, but I think in terms of if you're purely looking at character development for Peter and just how he has to withstand everyone in the world kicking him in the dick all the time, God, that's amazing. And I think there's some moments like the stuff with Aunt May and the stuff with MJ and Harry. I just think this is the best movie for character development for Peter. And it really, really makes all the Spider-Man stuff rewarding. And I think that's really special. And then, yeah, course spider-verse is the best movie this movie is so damn good like i mean if you want to talk about character development for peter parker holy fuck man peter b parker is the best interpretation of spider-man ever i'm just gonna say it like that is just i don't know i honestly prefer that version of where he ends up to like spider-man ps4 where like he has like all this technology stuff and he's like really evolved i love the fact that he's in in this instance he's remained stationary and it's like it's really examining what would happen to you if your entire life peaked when you were 15 like what the hell happens after that like where do you go from there like you graduate high school you graduate college you're with the girl of your dreams but you still have to deal with all this crazy superhero stuff all the time. And what is that, you know, what toll does that take on you? Like, oh man, it's just amazing. There's so many great touches, like how smart he is about like knowing what the villains will say, or even the stuff that's not obvious. Like when he's, Niles is, he's got the goober and he's like, don't play with me, I'll follow it. And he like sticks it in his mouth. And then Peter goes, what did you say? And and Miles, like, repeats himself, but he only, he knows what he said, he only said, what did you say, so that he would open his mouth, and that's when he webs him, like, that's such a little touch that maybe you don't catch the first time you watch it, but that is so clever, it's so good, um, and yeah, I love, I think one of my favorite moments in the movie is, um, is when, Miles starts doing the, with great power comes great responsibility, and then Peter's like, like, don't 
finish it. I'm sick of it. And I'm like, you really would be. Like, after 22 years of nothing but that, your entire life is defined by something your uncle said to you once. And then he died, and it's your fault. And then all of this happened because of that. Like, you would be so sick of it. And that's amazing. That is such... Ah, it blows my mind. Uh, And yes, Miles is an amazing character. Miles, Spider-Gwen, oh, they're so good too. And it's so cool to finally see them in a movie. And I think Miles is better in the movie than he ever was in the comics. Um, And I loved him in the comics, but I think it's a better interpretation in the movie. They really, really tapped into something amazing. And uh, when he gets the suit and swings to the to Fisk Tower, like, every time I watch that scene, it gives me chills. It's amazing. It's so rewarding. You know what? I would genuinely teach that movie, like, if I was a film professor and I was trying to teach my students about writing setup set and payoff, that's what I would show them, I think. I mean, obviously, there's probably better examples. I know. But... I don't know, that's so accessible, and it's so entertaining, and it's so rewarding by the end that, like, I don't know, it's so well-structured, and maybe it's obvious to other people that aren't, like, 14, I don't know, but, like, the amount of setup and payoff in that movie is insane to me, like, from the beginning, like, just, I don't know, it's so tight, it's one of the, like, it's one of the tightest movies, I think it has a lot, it's very similar to Back to the Future, where every line is either telling a joke, developing character, or setting up something that'll pay off later. And, like, a lot of the times, it's doing either two or all three at once. Like, there's hardly a wasted second in Back to the Future. And I think that's pretty similar in Into the Spider-Verse. Like, it's, like, 90 minutes, but it develops, like, simultaneously almost every character in the entire movie. Like, I mean, maybe some of Miles's friends in Brooklyn that you only see for, like, a second, like, maybe they don't get a ton of character development, but basically everyone else, like, the mom, the dad, Miles, Peter, um, both versions of Peter, Wilson Fisk, uh, Olivia Octavius, Aunt May, like, all the spider people, they all get, like, really strong character, and they, they all go through some sort of, like, trial that, um, that makes them better, and it's, it's really, really well done. So, yeah, without a doubt. And, of course, the animation. Oh, it's so good. Oh, okay. The description for this is going to say, only listen to this if you're a big Spider-Man fan. And I'm going to time code it to when I stop talking about Spider-Man. Um, real quick, I want to talk about some more horror movies. Another another t- title for this podcast, maybe the more accurate one, would be Giovanni Andreoli tries to get into horror movies. Uh, I watched two more the, this past week. I watched Us, uh, Alone in the Dark, and I watched Halloween, also Alone in the Dark. Us was a little more scurry, because uh, it was like I was alone in the house. Like my, mo- my mom and dad were both at work and would be all day. So it was a little more intense. But uh, yeah, bro, Us... When I'm trying to go to sleep at night, uh, I get really hot in my room. So a lot of times before I actually, like, go to sleep, I will, um, I'll, like, lay on top of the covers. 
like, to just try to be cool, and then until I get, like, actually legitimately cold, and then I'll go, like, under the covers, right? Especially because I sleep with my dog, and he's, like, fat and really warm. Uh, and it's, like, 90 degrees outside, but I'm doing this in a really creepy, kind of meek voice because I don't really do that anymore because every time I lay on top of my sheets, it's, like, it's totally dark in my room, and, like, I feel like uh, all of my doppelgangers are gonna be at my bedside, and it's so creepy. Like, I, I don't know. It's always like, brain, you scumbag. Don't try to picture all of them. Don't try to picture that creepy girl's face. Don't think about the goddamn boy in the white mask. Don't think about when the dad screams, or when the girl says, once there was a girl. Or, or when she says, we're Americans. Don't think about all of those moments. I, but I do, every time. Um, don't think about when the goddamn gymnastics girls are attacking the mom. Oh, it's so cool, though. It's such a good movie. Ooh, another thing that I always think of is how goddamn creepy Red, um, when they're in that, like, um, they're in, like, the classroom with all the desks and the whiteboard and stuff. When she, like, dance walks in between the desks... Holy fuck, what is it about that? I don't know if this works for you, if you've seen the movie, but Jesus, that is so scary. That is so, so scary. Like, I don't know why. It just unnerves me to my core, the way she moves through that. And then, you want to talk about some great music? The way they use the beat from I've Got Five on it in this movie is in goddamn sane. It is so well used. It is amazing. Um... And that's actually something about Halloween as well. Um, I think it would have been really easy for John Carpenter to just phone in the the Halloween 2018 score uh, and just kind of reuse what he did in 78, which obviously is amazing. That movie is in the large part defined by its score, and it's so good. But um, when, when he's chasing... Allison and she's doing the same thing that Lori does in the original and she's like trying to get into all those people's houses uh bruh when the like that was a horrible reinter or uh imitation of that but uh that I found out is a violin bow across an electric guitar holy shit how do you think of that like how do you think of that? And it's so amazing. It's such a perfect sound. It's so cool. Um, but yeah, when they like really like boost the music at the end when they're like fighting in that hallway, that is such good cinematography. That shot looks so good. And they're intercutting it with the dances. And like, it's like, I'm like, Oh, shoot. I just did the thing to the microphone again. I am so sorry. I need to get uh, an actual microphone. But, Jesus, man. That is amazing. That is maybe the best part of the movie. But, yeah. Us? Oh, man. I loved it so much. Like, it has great atmosphere. It has great characters. Um, The twist. I knew it was coming. But the way it's done, it, like, boggled my mind and then like that wide shot at the end where you see their like the hands across america is way bigger than you thought um 
that is, oh my god, is that cool, and, uh, yeah, the movie is so good, it's so, so good, I would highly recommend it, and, uh, I want to watch Get Out now, big time, want to watch Get Out, but yeah, it's, it's, I don't know, it scared me in the moment, especially the scene in the house, but, um, but after that, I kind of settled into it, and I didn't. I wasn't really scared by it. I know n- Halloween didn't scare me, and I, I know it sounds like I'm trying to sound cool, but like all these movies, like I was unsettled certainly, but like I wasn't legitimately scared. Although I did think that until I keep picturing them at the edge of my bed. I mean, it'll pass obviously eventually. It's just like I don't know. That happens to me sometimes. But it's not like I'm having nightmares or like I can't sleep. It's just like, you know, when you turn the lights out right before you fall asleep, it's kind of creepy to envision what's lurking in the dark. Uh, And I think that's a testament to how well this movie works. Especially, oh god, just the the way it happens. Just the randomness. Like, it's built up to, obviously, because she's talking about it. She's been uncomfortable. The coincidences more and more. You see the one dude um, just standing out on the beach holding his hands out. There's a lot of hints towards it, obviously. Uh, But then, like, just the suddenness of, there's a family in our driveway. You're like, huh? The hell? So, yeah, it's amazing. It's such a good movie. God, it's so good. And then, yeah, same with Halloween. Uh, I think Halloween is not as good as us, nor is it as good as the original Halloween. And um, the fact that they... That there are now three movies called Halloween. And that they just announced that the sequel to... Halloween 2018, and which was the sequel to Halloween 1978, will be called Halloween 2, even though it's technically Halloween 3, and now there are three movies called Halloween, and three movies called Halloween 2, and Halloween is technically Halloween 2, and Halloween 2 is technically Halloween 3. It's only Halloween 2 if you consider the Halloween that was the sequel to Halloween. That is ridiculous. That literally anything else. Revenge of Michael Myers. I don't goddamn know. The day after Halloween. I don't. Literally anything better. Cinco de Mayo. I don't care. Just. Oh, that's so confusing. It's like um Star Wars, with uh episode, episode four. Like wait, why did you start in episode four? Well, actually, they made that one in the seventies, and then they made episode five and episode six. But then they went back and made one, two, and three. And so you're supposed to watch four, and then go through those, and then watch those. Like it's the same thing. You gotta be like, um, actually, and you push up your nerd glasses, and you're like, so there's Halloween made by Rob Zombie, and Halloween. It's just ridiculous. It's so dumb. But um, but yeah. Anyway, um. I think I'm going to sign off. I was trying to keep this a little more contained. And then I talked about Spider-Man for a really, really long time. So, um, yeah. Thanks for listening. I hope you enjoyed. And, um, yeah. Tell a friend, I guess. Leave a review. Maybe follow us. Follow follow us. Follow me on uh, Spotify. Follow me on Instagram. GiovanniAndrioli21. Hit me up. You can talk to me about the show. Um, yeah, man. I will see you next time. Thank you very much for listening. Uh, and I'll be back, obviously, with my opinions about Far From Home. Um, and Homecoming. And I'm going to Pittsburgh soon, so I'll have a, I'll have a story about my trip. So, 
Yeah. I'll have a little bit of more to go with the movies. How you like them apples? Uh, all right, but for real though, thanks for listening. Uh, I'll see you next time.